The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Are You Afraid? Hashtag AH Stories, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series. Poppy Chula Radio celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Monday, July 26th, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on FX on Hulu's American Horror Stories. Please welcome my co-host, Vinny Hatcher. Hey, y'all. Don't be afraid of the D. <laughs> And Priscilla Rocha. Damn, how, how can I top that? I can't. Oh my God. Just... What you just said is in and of itself a joke within the gay community, so that works too. Okay, good. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Let's jump into our discussion of Season 1, Episode 3, which was titled Drive-In and premiered on July 22nd, 2021, via FX on Hulu. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. A screening of a forbidden film has disastrous consequences. Alright, it was a very short sentence. I had to uh, milk it for as much as I can. Okay, so this is the third episode of American Horror Stories. It's an anthology series, as we discussed uh, a whole lot in our previous podcast. Uh, the first two episodes was one story all about the murder house and the rubber woman. And this time around, uh, we are in a drive-in for a forbidden film, which is a theme that has appeared in horror films, horror stories, uh, other anthologies before. You know, there's always, you know, a TV series or a film or a story that that you can't repeat and uh, or you can't watch because you'll die. So it's it's a familiar trope. Let's talk about the characters that were featured in Drive-In. Now, I don't know if Either of you will agree with me, because we did have, you know, we, we, we were not in total agreement for the Rubber Woman story. But um, something that I did reference when we were talking about it is that I personally found a lot of the characters unlikable. And one of the things in horror, you know, that's really important, especially because there will be a body count, you have to kind of like the characters. You know, you have to root for them, you have to feel for them, so that when they start dying, when the bodies start to pile up, you feel something. Unless, I mean, there is a caveat, unless it's torture porn. And then, you know, they really try to make all the characters really unlikable, because there's kind of a joy in watching them die. It's like the Schadenfreude type of thing. So, for me this time around... I will say I really liked the characters. I found them to be rich. I found them to be likable. I found them to be characters that I could root for. 
I, I really did. I loved our main duo, our, our couple, Chad and Kelly. I liked their friends. Uh, I mean, I think I liked everybody except for Larry Bitterman. But for me, I, I really enjoyed the cast, and I enjoyed the kooky cast of characters. Uh, what did y'all think of the characters, Priscilla? I liked everybody but Chad. Chad was fucking annoying <laughs> with him being like all horny and uh, up for having sex like right then and there and trying to use like whatever tricks he could to get laid. I was like, my God, you're so lame. You have to be such a guy. Why do you have to be such a guy? He was such a Chad. He was such a Chad. But I still found him likable at the end of it all. Like, I understand, like, it was a little cringe that he was really trying to lose his virginity in the beginning. But after that sort of Mm -hmm. passed and, like, the carnage, I I did enjoy him. Yeah, I liked him more when he was, like, trying to survive. And when when bad stuff started happening to him, I was like, okay, you're getting your comeuppance. You're, you, you, you have to survive and you have to defend yourself and... I, I really felt bad for him. Maybe, maybe I'm getting a little too ahead of myself. But um, during the knife scene, the knife scene really, like, broke my heart for him. Oh, the scissors, you mean? I think there were scissors. Yeah, the scissors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you're good. We're, we're talking about all the characters. Vinny, what about you? Did anyone stand out? Did you like everyone? Did you hate anybody? You know, I actually, for what the story was, I actually thought they all really worked. I agree with you, Jeff, that they were rich. I mean, they were rich enough and well-acted to the point that, like, I agree with Chad. Like, in the beginning, I'm like, oh, my God, you're such a Chad. Like, oh, you did it with John Krasinski or whatever. Like, he, But he was being a teenage boy. Not John you know? Krasinski. I had Jack Kaziki or whatever it was, I know. (laughs) But no, I mean, he was being a teenage boy. He he was being that cliche 1980s, 90s slasher, you know, I honestly thought he was going to be a throwaway cast member. Like, he was going to die. Because, okay, first of all, you're you're breaking the rule. You're you're trying to have sex. So you're going to have sex and die. Uh, I thought he was going to go sleep with another woman um, or something. But, no, I mean, by the end of the episode, he actually had a compressed arc, which is saying a lot because there wasn't a lot of background for these characters. But what we did get, it worked for the dynamic of the show and the relationships. I, I think... All of the characters really served their purpose well, and they played it well. Um, there is definitely MVP is going to be a little bit tricky this time around because uh, we had some great names, we had some great characters, you know, on the on the screen there. I, I think my least favorite were probably his two porn buds, as I'll call them, because they were all like, "Yeah, dude, if you want to get some skirt, you go see Dracula." <laughs> like Milo and Quinn were just absolute cringe but again they they were they were acted well to make me because i knew these guys in high school like i knew those guys trying to get after girls and that was all they cared about because they're just teenage boys and they they have this hubris that and that i think that was one of the things uh, a big cornerstone of the show was all the actors that went to the show they had this hubris of like oh you were literally being given like the fisher price manual or the cliff's notes of like if you go to this show you're going to die but you're still going (laughs) <laughs> you know, and so that ignorance and the arrogance of youth was it was in all of them, even in the the girl, you know, like she never stopped to think like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. Like she had no intuition about it. I, I actually really, really enjoyed the cast this time around. 
Well, it's what they say about Generation Z. If there really was a zombie apocalypse, right. the majority of them will probably die because they're going to want to take a selfie with the zombie. Yep. So, yeah. I, I didn't mind Milo and Quinn because I felt like they fit the stereotype. Uh, Milo was really interesting because of his relationship with D. Uh, but that's Agreed. also sort of like the Generation Z of it all, which is kind of neat. Uh, yeah, everybody played their part. And even the smaller characters, whether it's through some of their actions or some of the exposition-y stuff, they all became full, fleshed-out, no pun intended, characters uh, throughout this... <laughs> In multiple ways. Exactly. Throughout this 40-minute uh, uh, adventure. Uh, some people online were calling it like a zombie thing. I didn't really see it as zombies, because I feel like the rule of a zombie is... You know, you have to be the undead. You know, you have to reanimate and that sort of thing. I just saw it as rabid people. And maybe that's why it's called Rabbit Rabbit, because Rabbit Rabbit. I mean, it sounds kind of like that. Uh, but they all just became sort of like these rabid, violent people um, over the span of... It felt like a second. I'm sure, you know, we're watching something, so maybe there was a little bit of time lapse that we didn't really notice. Uh, what did we think of the horror that was exhibited. So we have uh, rabid people. It's this movie. The movie affects you. We get a little bit of exposition at the end about the movie, uh, the visuals and the sound, you know, triggering fear in your mind and basically making people go batshit crazy, turning them into rabid beasts, basically. Uh, what did we think of... The horror, the horror, the horror. Vinny? I, I agree with you with the rabbit part. Um, for me, it was almost, I don't know if maybe primal is a better word. Ooh, primal, it, I like for that. For what I took away from it, when he was talking about the fear, like, you were rabid with fear. Like, you were literally possessed and crippled by your fear where everything around you was an enemy. And I absolutely love the primal aspect of it all because... You know, we always hear about these stories of like when human beings are put into really extenuating circumstances, life-threatening or really scary. Like the things that people will do to survive are astronomically crazy at times. And so when you think about like what happens when all of our civilization or civility, all of our cities, all of our humanity basically is stripped away and all you have is fear and primal instinct – it, it was actually kind of a fascinating study of like the way that they they use the film to do the subliminal messaging to really trigger like there's no cognizance there's no consciousness and so i loved it i think it was you know for the compressed episode that we have i think that i would have actually kind of liked to see more happening at the movie theater i wanted to see more people going crazy like more instances of like what i'm sure we'll talk about in the car with d and Qu uh, milo <laughs> you know like i wanted to see oh, more of it unraveling <laughs> but even though I didn't, I don't mind. I, I think that it was portrayed really, really well. The sense of urgency, the buildup, and the breakneck pace that we kind of had for a while there, I think it was really awesome. And the gore was – I was honestly very surprised at the level of gore that we had in some instances. Like I didn't expect it, and it was kind of refreshing um, because this was a throwback episode for me. It was like a throwback to what I grew up watching where there was the, the cheese was minor this was like i'm talking back in like before they were like okay horror movies are a joke now we're going to be just cheesy back when they took them seriously when they were making them and then after they came out you actually found areas that were slightly corny slightly cheesy but overall it was seriously filmed i think the horror was presented wonderfully 
Yeah, props to the makeup people. The carnage, the blood, the guts. Fantastic. Props to the sound people as well. Because especially when Bitterman was explaining the subliminal audio and that kind of stuff, we got some of that as he was explaining it. Like, I heard the bees and that sort of thing. Like, it was really neat what they did. And can we all agree, when Milo was getting fellatiated by D, we all knew that penis was getting bitten off, right? Yeah, that, that, that part was kind of like, oh, damn, you didn't, you, like, his reaction... <laughs> I felt was even too little for what happened. Like, your penis just got bitten off. Uh, wouldn't you be screaming bloody murder and, like, pushing him away and, like, I don't know, just <laughs> reacting like a wacky, wailing, inflatable tube man or something, just, like, going crazy in your car or something? You just kind of, like, whimpered. What? Was it fellatio or was it fillet-shio? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jenna Pace has joined the podcast. Uh, yeah, I know that was a, that was Jenna. She was possessing me for a yes, moment. That's a deep I, callback. No. <laughs> in the in the exact moment that, but can we just give the D props for like the way he went in for the kiss and then nah, I'm going down there. <laughs> like it was yeah. just so fluid. Yeah, um, yeah, I knew that was coming, and it was oh, definitely. Like, and I didn't it. think they were actually going to show it. I've seen it twice, and I've winced both times. <laughs> like, yes. there, there's yes. a pain. Like, I feel, I don't feel that kind of pain, but I feel in my, in every fiber of my being, I was like, ooh, that, ooh. And then they show it, and then they show it, like, chewed up. Like, I'm just like, no, 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 no. Props to them for doing it. Like, I don't know if this would have been on, like, FX. Like, could they have shown that on FX? I don't know, but it's on FX on Hulu. They can drop as many fucks as they want, literally. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Oh, God, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I saw this coming a mile away. There's even the foreshadowing line, which I didn't really notice, notice the first time around, but um, the second time watching it, D ends up saying... You know, oh, I'm going to eat him alive or something like that. I was like, mm, well, I guess you kind of do. Kind of did. Kind of will. Not to mention, can we talk about how many D references there were in this episode leading up to that? Her name is D. Don't be afraid of the D. <laughs> you know, it was like... <laughs> oh, and I didn't even think about that line until you just said that. It's a whole lot of D. Yes. Um, can, can we talk for just a half a second about Tipper Gore and how she was used? Because this is in a very a very American horror story thing. Like they will take a real person and bring them into the mythos that they're creating. Can I also say that as much as you know, if you are not a fan of George W. Bush, you know, you, you will harp on the George W. Bush era. But I think we dodged a bullet with Tipper Gore being first lady because she's hella into censorship. Uh huh. And you know, as much as we would like to erase maybe at least some of us, you know, whatever your political preferences are, you know, the George W. Bush era, uh, Tipper Gore as first lady and maybe championing censorship as her first lady cause that might've been its own American horror story. I think we wouldn't have been allowed to have this podcast. That's true. We wouldn't have been allowed to have so many fun shows or someone so many fun anecdotes afterwards yeah i can't even imagine because the the janet jackson nipplegate thing happened <laughs> i believe during the george w bush era if 
Tipper Gore had been first lady, like I think right. we would have just had puritanical TV for at least you know that term or the two terms that they're in office. It would have been the scarlet N. She would have had Janet Jackson would have had to walk around like a giant letter N for nipple on everything that she wore from then on. Like it would be totally puritanical. Yeah. But uh, I props to them using like a real person, uh, showing us sort of like a Senate hearing. Uh, it turned hella violent really fast. It went from zero <laughs> to a thousand when Bitterman just attacked Gore. It was something, and we saw it twice. I was like, did we really need to see it the second time? I guess we did. And it was there. It was accurate because like back in that time period, like we weren't at the point where there was super heavy guarding in the courtroom. So that realistically, that could have happened. And I'm not going to lie. She was total dynasty in her power shoulders and blue silky blazer thing and aquanet hair. And it, it was it was very, very telenovela the way he just like charged up there and like, freaking banged her head against the wall. Mm-hmm. Yep. Priscilla, give me your take on uh, the horror aspect that we saw in... Um in this production of American Horror Stories. My god, I'm, I still remember the scene at the in at the very top of the of the theater production room, I guess, when she just turns around and all of a sudden you just see her face just kind of like change and you can tell that she's turned into like that rabid creature and she just goes for the guy and just bites his neck and demolishes him and I'm just like wow this whoever does the effects you guys did a really like excellent job because it looks like she's eating his face and just destroying him perhaps to Adrian Barbeau as Verna Mm -hmm. I was so happy to see her (laughs) I, I hope we get some like classic people sprinkled throughout this. Like, we've gotten the cast for some of this stuff, but I don't know if I knew Adrian Barbeau was in this. So when I saw her name flash, uh, I, that were, I can't remember now if I saw the credits before I saw her. No, I think I saw her before the credits. So when I saw her, I was like, oh, look at that. That's kind of awesome. I think that's going to be a benefit of this series, you know, not being an entire season. It's not as much of a commitment. So, you know, whether it's returning cast members or, like, people that you might never expect to show up, that would be a huge plus. True, yeah, they only have to do a couple days' work, um, if that, depending on how many scenes they've got. So, yeah, it could be incredibly attractive, which uh, is kind of exciting, uh, especially after this episode. Although, I will say, the Internet's reaction to this episode, I've I've seen a lot of negative stuff. Some people didn't like it, which I'm like, come on, people, have fun. I don't like this yeah. And I, 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 I loved the ending of it. So it was, I, I loved everything about it. I just yeah, I was I on the edge the of my seat. Gave, but I also loved the kind of like haha ending that it was at the very end, yeah. where like nobody's happy. Yeah. Not like the first episode where everybody's happy. So like, come on, what did you want from this episode? Episode like. I think they would- wanted more. Like, from the flagship, the mothership. I think think the blessing and a curse is starting with Murder House, because 
it, like, like I fell under the guise of like misunderstanding and thinking that maybe we were going to see extended stories from that universe. And, and like, I think we talked about that last week. So mm-hmm. may, maybe people are just expecting, Oh, well this is, this is new and this is original. I don't want that. I want more. But I think this was like the, if this had been the first episode, I would have been like, okay, this is a new spinoff from American Horror Story. We're seeing stuff that maybe never got to be a full season, but random ideas. I, I love cutting floor stuff, and I love ideas that never come to fruition. This episode actually redeemed my attitude towards this spinoff after the first two episodes. I know. I have not heard AHS Diet or Diet AHS uh, throughout this podcast yet. No. So, very interesting. Um, if y'all want to get your murder house thirst quenched apparently they are filming again in the murder house so (laughs) i don't know if that's a good thing i don't know if that's a bad thing i have read rumors that we will be seeing familiar faces this time around um i don't know what this means though it just does it mean that they're filming episode seven right now or is this for more stuff i don't know i can't tell you that i've just read the rumor mill um Yes, but uh, stay tuned, I guess. Priscilla sort of touched on it, so we can dive into it. I mean, we're just sort of talking about generalities about the episode right now. But the ending, it is a dark ending. So uh, uh, let me say this, because I I did watch it twice. So with the rewatch, I was still on the edge of my seat. And, like, I knew everything that was going to happen. Like, I knew the end. I knew who was going to die. I knew who was going to survive. And I still found myself in suspense, in a good way. Um, So props to just everyone involved in this episode, because I think they really did a great job of making it rewatchable, like any other horror movie that that I like. You know, I I will know who who dies, I'll know who the killer is, I'll know if the killer survives, or who's the final people, but I'm still along for the ride, and uh, watching this a second time, I was still along for the ride. And at the end of it... Uh, so we have Chad and Kelly surviving. They end up taking out Bitterman. Uh, but there were clues that things were not going to end in a good way. Because there was the Rolls Royce outside of Bitterman's trailer. There was like a car note or whatever, like a, a new car type of stuff on it. So clearly it was a brand new Rolls. And then as Bitterman is dying... He's he's saying, why do you think I have a Rolls? Like, put two and two together. Like, this isn't the end. This is the first act. You know, there will be an epic conclusion, that sort of thing. And so we see Chad and Kelly finally getting ready to do the D. Duh. <laughs> and uh, Rabbit Rabbit gets uploaded to Netflix. And the world goes crazy over rabbit, 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 rabbit. They go rabbit, rabbit over rabbit, rabbit because it's on Netflix, which is awesome and interesting. Um, It's fascinating because we have to remember, I don't know how American Horror Stories is going to work, but I feel like it is going to be in that whole thing of like it's all connected to the main American Horror Story story like they have in the past. So just the concept of this film being out there, I don't know if we're ever going to revisit Rabbit Rabbit. I don't know if we'll ever see a sequel to this or if any of these characters, not just the actors, but just characters appear in any of the other American Horror Stories or American Horror Story proper. 
But the concept is interesting. You know, the movie is out there, and anybody can watch it. Uh, and uh, the world is sort of going to go crazy over it. It is a dark ending. There's a happy ending, but there's a there's a twist. You know, magic comes and, with a price. And it's Ryan Murphy who, as we all, especially just with the flagship, the Mothership series, he likes to sprinkle these spider webs and spin-offs that all connect. I mean, look at Apocalypse, how it connected to multiple seasons. Uh, and it makes me wonder if this spin-off is going to kind of, whether to the Mothership series or if it's going to be just within all these episodes are going to eventually, by the end, have some kind of a link together or something. I thought it was kind of funny how that he Bitterman was like, this is just the first act. I'm like, okay. I'm I'm almost going to be disappointed if we don't see these characters again or a continuation at some point because that was such a clear setup. Oh, that's interesting because you took that as more for, as foreshadowing of even more like as maybe another episode of this. I, I do like that interpretation. I just sort of saw it as you know his saga will continue on on Netflix. Uh, I would actually like to see this story continue. Uh, it'd be interesting to see in a sequel episode. Whether it's just L.A., I'm assuming that's L.A. that we saw, um, if, yeah. if that's the only place that's affected, um, you know, will there be just pockets and they're able to contain it? Uh, will there be some sort of digital print out there that makes a comeback or something after they take this down from Netflix? You know, will it go to Hulu or something? You know what I'm saying? Uh, that'd be interesting <laughs> to see. Um, since I'm talking about location, just really quick, that high school was gorgeous. Yes. I have never been in a high school like that. Uh, in the beginning, I kept on going back and forth. Are they in college or are they in high school? They kept on talking about virginity, and I'm like, that's more of a high school trope. He's living with his parents. He could still be in college, you know, because, you know, that's, that's a normal thing. But then once they were at, at the location, I was like, is this college? But then I was like, no, nah, they seem too much like high school to be in college. Although they're all going to a hard-rated R movie. And, well, I guess they could be 18. They could be seniors. Um, but, yeah, I was like, okay. Or the theater just didn't care because they were. it's an older theater, maybe. True that, true that. But that was a gorgeous, gorgeous high school. All outdoors with the lockers. I was like, you can only do that in L.A. because it, like, hardly ever rains, right? Right. I'm, like, sitting here, like, my high school was surrounded on three sides by corn and infested with rednecks. I want to go to their high school. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. My high school wasn't nearly as pretty as that high school. Yeah, mine was all indoor, except for, like, the portables outside. Everything else was indoors. Uh, mine was from the era where they look like an institution. <laughs> like uh, asylum. Well, there's Aww. that. Yes, the ghosts come out at night. Yes. Let's talk about the returning people. So, John Carroll Lynch, Larry Bitterman, Naomi Grossman, Rabid Ruth... We had a couple of uh, returning favorites. Uh, I really enjoyed John Carroll Lynch. When I saw the dude come out of the the van with the film, I was like, that's John Carroll Lynch. Like, yeah. And then it was confirmed mm -hmm. when he was chatting with Adrian Barbell. Uh, Naomi Grossman, they did a really good job of, you know, not to do a pun with the last name, but they made her gross. <laughs> so good they she were, were grody she was grody like she yeah and she looked cray cray like there's no way in hell i would believe anything this lady's saying especially because she was the only one there like 
and that just added the desperation of the character. It's like no one else survived. I want you to not die. And it just is she crazy? Is she telling the truth? And I mean, as much as I would being being a horror connoisseur, I would love to say that like I would never put myself in a situation where I would watch a movie that might drive me crazy. You never know. I might get an arrogant bug up my butt and be like, no, I want to check this out know, because I'm a horror fan, you know. So it, her growth, I loved her. She was so well done, and she just really, really helped. And and I was kind of sad when you know <laughs> she got her other eye popped out. Yes. Yeah. At least this one wasn't swallowed. I know. I, mean, I still this this sucks though. The, to, the, it's it's such karmic comeuppance for her to get a, her yeah. second eye popped out. Like God dang, couldn't you like stab <laughs> her in the chest or something? You had right. to stab her in the eye. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I, I was still trying to think like visually. How did her boyfriend bite her eye out? Like I'm trying. I, to... Yeah. I. In the yeah. position, like I can't even imagine the position that would be in, but, you know, because the eye socket is sunken in, and like even if you're biting, like can you really bite the eye out and then like swallow it? I mean, I I don't know. I think the only way would be to like apply enough pressure that they start to bulge out. Oh. That's a that's the only thing because even if you manage to get the eyelid in your teeth, all you're going to do is rip the skin off. So you're I was more... literally trying to picture the anatomy of this happening, and I I had the same conclusion. I'm like, that's a little wow. You're more of a killer than I am, because I didn't even think of that. So props <laughs> to you, and now I'm a little scared. But, um, <laughs> yeah, poor <laughs> Rabbit Ruth. She was just, she was, yeah, she was clearly going to die. Yeah. Don't worry, Jeff. If you ever see me in a dark alley, the only thing you have to fear is a great big hug. Oh, okay. Sounds exciting. <laughs> okay, let's see. What else, what else, what else? Um... Let's talk a little bit about just the how the nights uh, went. You know, the overall. I mean, we've been sort of talking about the plot, so it's so it's kind of difficult to say. Let's just talk about the plot right now. But let's talk about the pacing. That might be a better thing to or better way to word it. So you know, we get a we get an introduction to all these characters. Then we get the actual night. We see you know a, a lot of the nights and and a lot of you know pretty much the characters that we were introduced to die that night. And then we have a bit of a revenge plot to go, you know, stop this director because there are rumors of the film being shown again. There are, there they want to put a stop after everything that they experienced, Chad and, and Kelly. Uh, they want to stop the director from doing this again to other people. There's a little line when they're with a the director, I didn't notice any splices, so I know you have another copy. So now there's this other copy of the film out there. What do we think of the pacing of this episode? It was only 40 minutes. When I saw the, the time... Uh, the, the total time of the episode, I was a little worried. I was like, oh, that seems so short to me. And, like, one of the things, one of the benefits, I would say, about being on a streaming service is, you know, you could go to a full hour, you know, as, as long as there is enough content that isn't boring, that's interesting. Um, I, I, I kind of feel like I wanted more, but I don't know where I would have put that more in. The pacing was fine, but I, maybe because I really enjoyed the story, I, I craved more. You know, I became rabid I, for more. I would have put more within the rabid, rabid scenes. Like, I would have put more in seeing what was happening to the other moviegoers, what was going on within their cars mm-hmm. to see, like, 
um, when they burst out of their cars or when they started attacking each other and stuff like that. Like, just to put in some more of the ambiance there. Or maybe their friends when they got out of their cars and stuff like that. Because you just saw the friend come out of the car with, like, some some stuff in his hair but you never really got to see like okay well why does he look like that what what happened to him how did he experience rabbit rabbit like yeah and all of these questions could have been answered it within like the time frame of an hour that we I had like that. but we just never got that i like that i i like all of that. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, I do wish that they would have explored some of that. Some of how the friends, because we were, at least I was invested in all of them. You know, I would have loved to have seen how, uh, who was the one, I think that's Quinn, that we saw at the end. I mean, he looked grody as fuck. Like, he went through something. So I would have loved to have seen what he went through. Do we like that we did not actually see Rabbit Rabbit? Yes. I Same. think that was, yeah we got like okay you get to see a quarter of the movie screen it just adds to the suspense and it adds to like you movies that we're not even gonna let you watch it you know like i think the added ambiance i agree priscilla do you agree did you like that we didn't see rabbit rabbit did you like that it was a, a bit of a mystery as to what our characters were watching yeah, it made me think it was kind of like Cannibal Holocaust, like it was like a snuff film with some like exorcist with some like actual demon work in there. Like it made me imagine more of like a whole bunch of other stuff playing out on screen instead of actually seeing it on screen, which makes it even scarier. I agree with you on that. Were we worried that either Chad or Kelly was going to go rabid rabid? Because we do have moments where both of them look at the screen, not enough, as they say to Bitterman, not enough to make them go cray-cray, but they did look at the screen, and uh, were we, were either of you, I will say I, I was, like, I was very worried, because I was invested in the characters, and I was like, I know shit's gonna go to hell, and I know a lot of people are gonna die, but I was like, I, I was invested in them, and I did not want either of them to go rabid-rabid. I was like... Is it is it weird that I was like as soon as 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 he was like waiting to have sex with her, and they were going through all of this, I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna he's totally gonna have sex with her at the end of this. Like the 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 comeuppance, the the payoff to this in the end, is her is him is him victoriously having sex with her. So <laughs> she said victoriously having him. sex. There's like trumpets in the background. <laughs> Cue the historical romance novel with Fabio on the cover. Yes, historical sex. I love it. I just never, I never pictured them dying. Both, both see, of them I were going did. to survive. Re oh, okay. Okay. I See, I was, I had dread. So I was hoping they wouldn't die. Priscilla never pictured them dying. And Vin you pictured them dying, both of them? I pictured one of them dying. Which one? I honestly, I thought it was going to be Chad. I thought that this was going to be Kelly coming out. Because the very, even with Chad there, the end was very Kill Bill, where they went after Bitterman. I got a very big Kill Bill vibe. So I started to, to kind of picture something was going to happen where, like, maybe he was going to 
reaction to seeing the film or something would come back on the movie screen or I, I just felt like something was going to happen where he was going to die and it was going to fuel her and it was going to be kind of her story as the wrap up. I wasn't disappointed that he didn't die. But he still – there was just kind of this element where it could have very much gone the final girl route mm-hmm. and really been kind of like Kill Bill. So I, I had the same dread. I'm glad that he didn't die really well. Yeah, I think they subverted expectations because you do kind of think of these these sort of totally. films as with the final girl. And so the fact that both of them survived is interesting. I'm actually, I'm glad that they both survived. I was worried for both of them. Like, they both saw a little bit of the movie, and like how she was looking at it, and how he was looking at it. And it it looked like he looked at it a little bit more than she did. And then there was that whole thing where it looked like he fainted. And I was like, is that him turning? And then he went all like, aggro on poor Adrienne Barbeau. Not poor, because she was already rabid herself. (laughs) But, um, or primal. But, uh, but yeah, like, I was like, oh, is this, is he's is he going through the change? Like I was, I was hella confused. Um, but yeah, I was worried for them. Um, did any of the deaths hit either of you? Like, were y'all like, Oh, like with any of the deaths, you know, just as far as acting or maybe, you know, or just anything, uh, there weren't that many like mains or even sides that, well, there weren't, there weren't any mains, but they all, they were all like side characters that died, even some as, you know, brief as Adrian Barbeau, you know, we only had really a scene or two with her before she died, but, you know, everyone had, like, a couple scenes. Did any of the deaths surprise, or were they really interesting, or did you, did you, I don't know, I can't think of the right word, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Dude, the only one that bugged me was the the one with, um, her best friend, the one D? that was always telling D. her to to um to not be scared of the D. I was like, use your windshield wipers, swerve, do something, but get him the off of your windshield. Windshield wipers <laughs> do not have that kind of power. What kind of windshield wipers do you have, Priscilla? <laughs> I don't know, but you do something. All she was doing was just staring at him being like, my friend is in front of me. My friend. And I was just kind of like, bitch, drive. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I thought that was kind of ridiculous too, but at the same time, that was probably really hit me in the feels because I actually really liked that character. It, I, and I actually would have almost rooted to have D survive as well, just because there acted in, uh, there wasn't many lines, but well-written. I don't know. They had a nice dynamic, the two of them as best friends, and I really liked that. Um, so I was kind of sad that like it was possibly one deaths being slammed into the movie theater with a car. Yeah, uh, props to uh, his name is Ben J. Pierce, also known as Miss Benny. Uh, he's a YouTube personality, you know, gender non-conforming and all that kind of stuff. And and he's, I will repeat, like a YouTube personality. So the fact that he, like the character had just an incredible stage presence, just props because who would have thought that you know just you know someone vlogging or i I think uh i think he also does music and stuff um but like as far as imdb credits there aren't a lot so uh yeah i'm just looking i mean you know there aren't as many as you would think so uh yeah props to uh making you know making the most out of a, a tiny role I think one thing that I really liked is that 
gender non-conforming wasn't a topic of conversation at all. It was just normal. Mm-hmm. And I and I thought that was really awesome because it's not only inclusive, but it it looks to what like the future is progressing towards. And also it just it allows you to really connect with the characters as people, you know? It's like they, they didn't have that stereotypical, oh, this is that character, you know? No, this is just a character in the ensemble cast. And I, I was really, really proud of the show for that because I, I really connected to that character and really liked it, and I, I think it was really well done. Yeah, and I feel like if a show like this had been done, an episode like this had been done maybe five years ago, like there would have been the time where in the episode it has to be explained. You know, I am gender non-conforming, yes. and this, that, or the other. And that wasn't something, that wasn't a topic of discussion. There were, there was, um, it was like a brief moment, uh, you know, when when um, Dee and Milo were about to get intimate, where Dee was sort of expressing, you know, just frustrations with experiences and that sort of thing. And it was a small moment, but I feel like had it, had this been done five years ago, it would have turned into like a big thing. So they allowed Dee to express themselves and uh it it was done in in a really refreshing dare i say modern way which uh was pretty awesome props also did anyone else fear yeah. oh sorry go ahead. oh no no go ahead i just fear that it was going to be like a joke on d because we're so used to seeing that arc in these like look what happened in murder like uh-huh. how Scarlet got, I had a moment where I was like, I really, please don't let this leading D on to like do some kind of big prank or something. And I was really happy that it wasn't. Yeah. You know, I didn't even think of that just because, um, I mean, let's be real. D was not one of the main characters. I mean, clearly this was the, uh, Kelly and Chad hour. Um, so I didn't, I didn't think, it was going to, it didn't pop into my brain. Now that you mention it, I've, yeah, I, I think, yeah, yeah, you make a really great point. Because we just saw that. Maybe also because we just saw that, that's why it didn't even pop into my brain. No, it popped into mine. And I was oh, okay. kind of, oh God, I really hope they don't turn it down into something like that. Or they may, they don't make it into like the guy being like, a jerk to him on the date or something like that or just using him or something i don't know they don't make it into the like this tragic story or something just make it happy and they did yeah i yeah, mean it's happens. It you can make a well, dick biting off yeah. scene, and getting smushed by a car and becoming um i'm not i wasn't becoming deceased sorry try the veal we'll be here all week um yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but it, but it wasn't. For, fortunately, you know, that was not the way that the story went. And what was really interesting and refreshing, just to sort of um, you know put a button on what uh, Vinny was saying, is just how everyone reacted to D. Because like even who was the one that died afterwards, Quinn. Uh, Quinn, you know, when Quinn looked over, saw D, you know, sucking on uh, Milo, then looked over to the other side sees um kelly and chad about to get into that type of situation as well he's just like oh fuck my life i'm gonna be single forever which you know he was single until he died literally so yes uh there was a line that chad said early on that was like i'm gonna die a virgin so that was you know there was a lot of talk about death and yeah in this and some people actually did die all right 
Okay, everybody. It's time for the MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again, so... Choose wisely. We're going to start off with Vinny. Who's your MVP and why? I'm going to go with Bitterman. Uh, John Carroll Lynch, the, he brought a level of just megalomania, arrogance, just every thing that you could, you would want to see in an effective villain in a show or a movie like but the, the the craziest thing is bitterman wasn't just a villain he was a villain that you can almost relate to and that's going to sound horrible not that i want to create a film that's going to make people brainwashed and eat each other's faces off but mm. at the end of the day he just wanted to have an accomplishment he had ambition and his ambition led him down a very dark path but it's ambition is a human emotion. Wanting wanting notoriety, wanting to be known in Los Angeles is something that plagues a lot of people that live in Hollywood and that area. So it, it was almost, you know, like in a certain way, it was almost kind of sad, but it was only for a split second. And then when his story finished, I was like, no, you're an asshole. Uh, <laughs> you probably always were. But it, it, the way that he portrayed the character and the passion, and he was obviously – I don't want to use the word crazy because he wasn't crazy, but he was at the same time. Like he was aware that he was crazy. He was aware that what he was doing was absolutely batshit and could probably lead to like apocalyptic circumstances. But he believed in his goal and no matter what he wanted to do, he was going to do it and damn the consequences. And he actually made a very fitting because I was try- I, I didn't understand how they would take like go from the drive in to finding just this random guy and it would work, but it worked and he did it really, really well. So he gets my MVP. Very good choice. Priscilla, your MVP and why? My MVP is going to be Kelly because I totally got her whole, like, teenage girl who just kind of wants to wait for sex and just, like, is kind of hesitant to give it up to her boyfriend yet, just yet, but wants to trust him. Like, that, that whole, like, dynamic thing I really got from her. And... I really, 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 really liked it when she just nutted up and she's like, I have a dad who's in the Marines. Just let's go. And takes the gun and just uses it against the director with no compunction, no no squeamishness, nothing against her. Like, all that teenage girlhood, gone. Now it's just business time and it's time to get serious because people have died and I loved that she was final girl to a T she was perfect and I loved her so yes Kelly fantastic choice Uh, I became a Madison Bailey stan after this episode I don't think I've ever seen her in anything apparently she's on this show called Outer Banks or something Uh, so I will have to look her up she was awesome 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 and I'm going to give my MVP to, uh, I'm going to give it to Renzi Feliz. I know that Chad was a little cringe at the beginning, but I really liked Renzi's acting throughout the whole thing. Like, he, he was believable as the character, as, you know, when he was chatting with Rabid Ruth, uh, when, uh, you know, he saw his, you know, childhood best friend Quinn, and he was trying to bring him back from, uh, you know, the primal rabidness. Uh, yeah, and also at the end, well, before that, when when he went just cray-cray on 
Verna, killing her, you know, trying to survive, and then the final confrontation that both Kelly and him had with Bitterman. Um, I really enjoyed Renzi Feliz. Um, yeah, I, I thought he did a really great job with the character. I was rooting for him much like I was for Kelly, so that's always a good thing. Now, let's rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 film reels? The point system is allowed, and if you found the episode exceptional and deserving of more than a 10, you may grant it the coveted golden film reel. Brum, brum, brum. Let's start off with Priscilla. How would you rate uh, Drive In? I'm going to give it 10 golden. Well, yeah, I'm going to give it 10. I'm, I, I wouldn't give it the golden per se because... It still needs that little bit extra of American Horror Story weirdness, maybe like an alien or two, or maybe like a vampire or something, just to tip it into like the, what the hell, this is going crazy. As it is, it's just going into some average horror story. And with an average horror story, it was really good. I really liked it. So it's it's getting a 10 from me. It's good. So crazy people killing each other. Crazy people killing crazy people is not crazy enough for Priscilla. <laughs> no. I, I like it. It needs to be like season two of American Horror Story where you're like, it's, it's having aliens and it's was, having... Was Sister what? Jude biting off penises in season two? The D no. game. <laughs> but, but the, no, the D game. <laughs> uh, that's that's funny okay no i respect i respect the rating i'm just throwing maybe a little bit of shade but playful shade uh, okay so priscilla gave a, a solid 10 which is fantastic starting off strong Vinny, where do you stand how would you rate this episode drive in you know i'm usually very stingy with these but i'm going with a golden film reel I, to be very honest, watching this episode, like it was over before I realized it. And at first I was like, is it because it was really short? And then no, I realized it was because it was that good. Like there wasn't a moment that I looked away. There wasn't a moment that I was like, oh my God, I hate this character. I hate this story piece. Did I want more? Yes. But even if we never get more, this was a really, really well done episode. I mean, it was total pomp or fluff, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it, it, it's just a, a, a one-off horror story, but it was kind of refreshing, kind of new, and the characters were well acted. There were characters that resonated really, really well. I would have loved more violence and craziness, kind of like, you know, Priscilla, not, not as crazy as I might have wanted, but for the purpose of this of this show it all worked really really well there were so many just <clears throat> things going on and homages i feel like to like past slasher films and also just like overall like i wanted to watch it again you know and i'm going to i actually watched it for the first time tonight because i was so busy over the weekend um but i'm going to watch it again because i want to see what else didn't have that desire with the first two episodes. So I, I was ravenous for this one, and I wanted more, and I'm going to give it a golden. That's what's up. All right, we've got a 10, we've got a golden, and I'm giving it a golden film reel as well. I liked it. I really liked it. It was awesome. It is rewatchable. Uh, if I were to introduce this anthology series to 
anyone that hasn't seen American Horror Story, or even that has, I think I would start them off with this one. Because it was just, it was fun. I mean, it was crazy. It was uh, suspenseful. It was horrific in in a visual kind of way. It worked for me. Um, I thought they did a really great job with it. Um, and I did want more, but I was completely satiated by what I, but with what I saw. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a golden. I really, really liked it. So before we close things out, I have a question for both of you. Do you want to see any of these characters, and I'll put in parentheses, or actors, uh, again, in a future American Horror Stories anthology installment? Or maybe bump them up? to the mothership beam them up dare i say to the mothership do we want to see any of these characters or, or the actors that portrayed a character in, in this uh, episode again oh yeah i would totally be fine with seeing the director maybe directing the like an, a movie that he'd done in the past uh, in the mothership or seeing kelly and chad Surviving their way through um, a world post-Rabbit-Rabbit Netflix era ways. So, yeah, for sure. I would love to see both all three of them. I would adore seeing Adrienne Barbeau again because I absolutely love her. She's a phenomenal actress, and she's very versatile. Um, I would love to see her on The Mothership. <clears throat> Uh, as for other actors, I think Ben J. Pierce, I would absolutely love to see more of. There's definitely a lot of talent there. Um, I had this random thought, like I know they said at one point they are going to be going back and going to Coven again. I would absolutely, I could see him or him, her, them rocking a Coven role and joining the witches. I would, I think that would be amazing. Um, and Madison, was that her name? We played Kelly. Uh, I think that she would be an excellent investment as well um, in either future episodes of this one or in the mothership um but i do i would love to see a continuation of the story kind of like you jeff i want to i want to see these characters even if we don't get to see a full hour of it i would love to see what happened after la exploded with the rabbit rabbit on netflix i want to see where that goes or find out a little bit more yeah totally yeah i, I basically agree with everybody uh renzi madison ben uh, and Adrian, as far as just new people into the AHS uh, uh, galaxy, Nexus, whatever you want to call it, uh, those four I would love to see again at a certain point. They could be different characters, uh, that's perfectly fine with me, but I thought they were great additions to AHS, period. Uh, as far as any of the characters that they played, Bitterman might be interesting to see, as, as Priscilla said, pop up, you know, in the past somewhere. Um, yeah, uh, Chad and Kelly, a continuation of them, you know, in the post-Netflix Rabbit Rabbit world would be interesting as well. But if we don't visit this again, I, I would love just like a call-out to Rabbit Rabbit. Um, you know, maybe some people talking about it as an urban legend on the mothership. That might be kind of neat, just to, to sort of tie uh, that story into the mothership. 
Um, or maybe like having a poster of it. You know, we have a, a film geeky type of character in a future season that has a poster of it. That might be kind of neat as a little wink and nod to it um, as well. But uh, definitely the four actors that I mentioned, I would love to see them again uh, in another installment or on the mothership as a different character. So uh, on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Are You Afraid? Hashtag AH Stories. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Are You Afraid? AH Stories and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night, starting off with Vinny. You think this is the end of the movie? It's only Act 1. See you for Act 2. And Priscilla. Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and download new episodes of Are You Afraid? Hashtag AH Stories every Tuesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chula Radio Archives. Good night.